Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Let's begin now. Kind of forgot what our music sounded like. This is Out of Bounds on 610 Sports Radio. Dusty Likens, Nick Price, the band's back together. Feels good to be back on a Saturday. Yep. Just We've waiting. been all over the place recently, but, yep. you know, this is our home. 12 to 3. They're just waiting for Balmer. I have these notes, but I got to say I'm just there fired up to be here today. It's pretty cool. Pretty damn cool. Sure is, Steve. Steve brings it. Every day, Steve brings it. A lot of Steves on this show. Steve Serta, my guy. Um, always smiles and talks at the same time. Steve Belichick, he's a topic. He looks like Kiefer Sutherland from The Lost Boys. Or he looks like Cleveland Brown's friend from the Cleveland show that has the wife in the go-kart uh, scooter. Um, he also looks like he might be a really big fan of Kid Rock. I feel like he's got the middle finger CD constantly in his uh, in his CD player because I feel like that's a CD that maybe dad wouldn't let him listen to when he was a kid. Right. I'm just going to keep going with Steve Bilicek here to start the show. He's probably got multiple CDs in there, too, like uh, Will Ferrell and he's, the other guys. With he the seems like band. he's the kind of guy that buys soft pack cigarettes, not hard pack cigarettes. Um, He's not the guy that gets the free drink with his order that has it on his phone app that goes through the window. He just refuses. His ideal Saturday is weed eating the grass while he lets his dad mow. Like he feels like accomplished. He feels accepted. Right, like he's helping out with the task. God, Steve Belichick is a treasure we never knew we had. Like, why did he just surface? I don't know. Is it because we're in Kansas City and they're in New England? It must be, but I mean, there was that one (laughs) shot of him in the game the other night that just went viral. Steve Belichick still drinks RC Cola. (laughs) Hell of a mullet, man. Loves Shasta Soda. Um... God, where God, can we keep going with Steve Belichick? I don't know. Steve Belichick looks like he wishes John Daly was his father. I feel like he likes John Daly's outfits. Uh, this is 610 Sports Radio. This is live and local. This is out of bounds. You just heard uh, BBK. We call him that these days because he has a beard now. So he's bearded BK. So it's just BBK. I have officially struck out on nicknames this week. I thought Juan Eesh. Thornhill had a solid pull of a nickname of the Baby Badger. Kansas City would disagree. Started that on this show. I thought I thought it was really solid, but yeah, according to the Twitter world, people did not like that. Like, you gonna call a grown man a baby? Yeah, it's not what we're doing. Yeah, it was kind of funny because I should have known uh, my audience. Um, Pete Sweeney liked it, and uh, the guys from Airhead Pride liked it. I had like a hundred plus likes on it, but there was like forty to thirty to forty comments that were just like, "You mean to tell me a grown man wants to be called baby?" 
It's like that's that's not what I was getting at, but that's I guess that's on you. Hey, speaking of the Twitter game, Dusty, how mm-hmm. close are we to one K? Dude, I hit a thousand last night. You did? I did, and now congratulations, I'm at, man. Now I, I guess like once you're there, now I'm at nine ninety nine. All right, there it is. The funny joke that continues to be. Uh, that's fine. That's fine. Um, I didn't go to KU. I didn't work for a huge television show where everybody loves the Jayhawks. You know, I, we can't all be that blessed. I love how every time I log into Twitter, it just says, is this you? Are you sure? Yeah, every single time. Starting to think I'm hacked. Um, Chiefs Patriots this Sunday. Nick Price is here with us as well. Kramer Sansun. I like the <laughs> San, not the San. Nobody knows his last name. Everyone just thinks his name's Kramer, and I guarantee you people that listen to these shows don't believe his real name is Kramer. Swear to God. I concur. I feel like that's the way it is. I like how his mic got louder as he talked. Normally it's the other way around. He faded up, not down. It's just a (laughs) crescendo of Kramer. It was actually my real name before. Um, For those of you that have been joining us all week, I love the baby badger. I have adopted it in my house. I appreciate that, Lance. Thank you very much. You don't dare compare RC Cola to Shasta. (laughs) Steve Belichick does. I have a question. And this is, there we go. There's a good one. The text line's lit up already. Text line 69306. What about the Badger Brothers? I like that. We might have something there. I like that. Text Pete and see if he'll retweet it. Pete's our guy. He's got a lot more followers than we do. That's the way social media works. Badger Brothers from the 816. You send me your name, I'll give you credit. You have a Twitter handle, I'll give you credit. Because I can't steal content. That's illegal in my industry. But anyways, it's Chiefs-Patriots. They play this Sunday at 325. You know that they played you. In fact, you probably knew they played each other for quite a while now. Because after the AFC Championship game, everybody knew because of where the records ended in the season, the Chiefs and the Patriots would match up again. That's what we knew. Because you finish first in your division, you play the other team to finish first in the division in the AFC. That's how football works. That's why it's easy to tell who your schedule is basically before the season ends. Chiefs will play the Patriots next year. They'll play the Ravens next year. They'll play the Texans next year. And they'll play all of their division teams. Hungover Aaron? Is that it? That's his Twitter handle, Nick? Can you can you find that? Sorry, I'm making is you Is it one so- A or two A's? It is A-A-R-O-N. A-R-O-N. Um, he's the creator of the Badger Brothers. He gets full credit. But you have to tag our show and our radio station so that we get the uh, platform. But Sunday, when this game was on the schedule and everybody saw that it was in December, towards the end of the year, in Gillette, the rematch of the AFC Championship game, it kind of became this whole, like, okay, uh, it's the Patriots, it's the Chiefs, it's the two best teams in the AFC next year. No one saw Baltimore coming. Maybe some people did. I'll give you credit for that. Um, And then out of nowhere... Now, all of a sudden, it seems like it might have lost a little bit out of its way. And that's where I get into this. And I feel like the buzz around this game is a bit watered down just because I think of the way that we've seen Tom Brady play the last four weeks. In fact, Mitchell Trubisky is now better than Tom Brady in the last uh, couple of weeks. Um, And the thing about that is I don't think it's about the Patriots as much versus the Chiefs anymore. I think that that part is a little diluted. I think now it's more so about 12 versus 15. And where I start with that is 
from Undisputed because Shannon Sharp and Nick Price's guy, Orlando Skandrick, went back and oh, forth what? in a debate. You liked him last year. Yeah. I don't know. Um, but go ahead and play the audio of those two if you haven't heard it yet. In a second. My bad. They were on Undisputed. Orlando Skandrick had something to say about how the defense, basically Shannon Sharp was saying it was all about Patrick Mahomes. You probably heard it by now, but here it is. Uh, the real bottom line is Tom Brady, three. Patrick Mahomes, zero. Ooh. Oh, oh, you're crazy. Wow. You're crazy. Okay. It's already two. Yeah. Man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Say three is a crap. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, a Mahomes boy did his job. If he just get some defensive help. Oh, God. Can he get some defensive help? He can't get a lead. You, he, 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 I just want to know one thing, because you happen to be there. No, 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 no. Hold on just a second. When Mahomes boy stepped off the field, were you guys losing or winning that game? We was winning. Okay, then what happened? With the defense. We had D4 line up off sides, and, you know, that was all she was. Oh, then you said you said we. So that means we, we yeah, I was in the Chiefs. Oh, oh, okay. So that's what I'm talking about. I was part of that. But, I mean, I watched the surgeon. I mean, I watched this guy. Carve y'all up. He's After down. that man did what he three, did. Ten, three times in a row. I'm a believer. Mm, thank and you. Just, I'm a witness. Yep. My home, what my homeboy do? Lost. Yeah, a basically, Curtis here. Y'all, y'all have been ashamed of yourself. Carry this L. Who, I just want to know who went to my homeboy lock and say, man, I'm sorry, I let you down. Who did that? No, not me. Why not? <laughs> so you was on there, let that a, man die. It was a collective effort. There was no collective, oh, nothing. Yes, it was. Y'all talking, cost that man a championship. It was a collective effort. Y'all should have went by his locker. You, D4, Chris Jones, uh, 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 Houston, Ragland, all y'all should have went by and shook his hand. Man, I'm sorry. I'm, I'll let I'm you down. I respectfully disagree. No, I don't respectfully disagree. <laughs> Great stuff this I mean, you got to love it. Shannon Sharp spent his entire career just completely trashing the Chiefs, playing against the Chiefs as a Bronco, who I think is a more uh, bigger rivalry to the Chiefs than the Raiders or the Chargers ever will be. And here's Shannon Sharp speaking sense into your ears. Without a doubt, what Shannon Sharp is saying is the God's honest truth. Everyone that I've listened to this week for Patriots and Chiefs, which is probably the most I've listened to when it comes to other radio stations because I just want to know what they're saying because the common theory is New England always tries to downplay their competition that is clearly like a competition of talent and equalness between the two teams. Like, it's like, well, maybe Tom does want to quit. Maybe Tom does want to retire. I mean, remember last year, what was their slogan? They said, oh, we love being the underdog. Like, you're not an underdog. No. Now, in this game, on Sunday, the Patriots are only a three-point favorite, which if you go by Vegas lines traditionally, Vegas typically is always given the home team three points. So if New England was truly the odds-on favorite to win this game by Vegas, they'd be favored by six or at least more than three. They're not. It started out at three and a half to kind of get people interested in maybe taking New England. Now, granted, I'll bring in another stat. New England hasn't lost at home in 18 attempts during the regular season. You know who the last team to beat him was? The Carolina Panthers. You know who it was before that? The Kansas City Chiefs with Alex Smith on Thursday night, the Kareem Hunt game. Mm -hmm. And we'll get into that a little bit later as running backs that go out for pass routes tend to give the Patriots some fits. You might remember the last year in the AFC Championship game as well. But the thing that I need the most out of this game is I just need Patrick Mahomes to finally get over that step of beating Tom Brady. I think this is kind of like, and we talked about this a little bit last night on Bink at Night when I filled in for Jay Binkley, is that this kind of has more of a feel now is not like a NFL big-time, primetime game. This more so has a feeling of like a prize fight between a boxer in it that is getting ready to enter his prime and a boxer that has been dominant for so long that has still kind of got a couple right hands or a left hand, and that's how it is. 
Now, you think about it this way, it's Tom Brady who's kind of been that fighter for years. Like, he was kind of the, you know, the just co- con- just everybody knew Tom Brady was the best. He's still the best until he retires. And now you have Patrick Mahomes, who I think a lot of people, and I said this last night, if you did a blind taste test type of thing, where you put everybody in a room and blindfolded them to where nobody could see what everybody else voted for and said, moving forward in the NFL, when it comes to quarterbacks, are you taking Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, or Deshaun Watson, or Russell Wilson? Those who I think are the four quarterbacks moving forward in the NFL that keep the NFL relevant. And I think if every person were to raise their hand at a certain name, I think the majority of the room, let's say 200 people are in the room, I think 170 people would probably vote for Patrick Mahomes. I think that might be a little bit of an overshot, but mostly I think that that's where people would go because it's pure talent. His numbers have already spoken for themselves, and he's still fresh on the mind. Is Lamar Jackson having the best year as a quarterback this year? Without a doubt. He's going to run for over 1,000. He's going to throw for over four. He's going to go to a playoff game. He's probably going to get the number one overall seed in the playoffs. He's probably going to be on the cover of Madden, and he's having that type of hype year that Patrick Mahomes had last year. But if you were to take this quarterback class that is Deshaun Watson, Patrick Mahomes, I know Lamar Jackson was the year after, and Russell Wilson moving forward, I think a lot of people take Mahomes, and I think it's time for Mahomes to join those other two with the knockout punch that could be beating Tom Brady in Gillette at home. I think that that's kind of a unanimous thing is that most people think that Mahomes would be the one guy that you'd want to start a franchise with. But it's like you said, this game has kind of lost a little bit of luster as far as its impact on the 2019 regular season because it's not like the Chiefs and the Patriots are both duking it out for the for home field advantage like they were last year. It's not like the Chiefs are in a real like a really tough spot of making the playoffs because after beating Oakland last week, I mean, they could clinch a playoff berth with a win and an Oakland loss against Tennessee. So this is all coming down to Patrick Mahomes and the legacy of knocking off the GOAT. That's pretty much what this comes down to, and that's why this game still matters. Right. And I don't know what the future holds for Tom Brady. I just know what I have available to me, and I know that this is the last year of his contract. I know that he is 42 years old, and I can clearly see that he is digressing. I can totally see that he is doing that or regressing. Yeah. He's, he's definitely regressing. He's going, he's going back more than he's going forward. Like last year he had Gronkowski. He looked all right. In both of those games versus the Chiefs, he answered Mahomes 1v1. I don't know if Tom Brady can still do that. Their defense is still dynamite. Their offense is very lackluster. And in fact, you don't think – I'm here to tell you that I'm not biased because that's all I could hit all week this week. But here's what they said on WEI, and here's Teddy Bruschi – who is probably their biggest Homer fan that works in the national spotlight on what this means for Tom Brady. Do the Patriots really think he'll walk? I wonder, Gary, if they actually might not have their fingers crossed that he does. Can you, can yeah. you imagine that, Teddy, that the, the Patriots might be sitting there having their fingers crossed saying, oh, maybe Tom will leave on his own? Does that make any sense to you? I don't think they have that type of feeling like, get out of here, man, we're tired of you. Possibly the feeling, the, the mutual feeling of, you know, it just may be time to move on because – I just know Bill and the thought process that he goes through and, and those numbers that, that Tom has been defying for so long, you know, the age number and what I'm talking about, him getting up there now being 42, and then Bill probably believing four years ago it might have been time to move on, and then Tom proving him wrong over and over again. I think I've, I've said before that Bill's had to get used to that, about going through, a, going through something with a player that he was wrong about. So 
I think eventually Bill will come around again saying, so, okay, now I think that's it now. It's time to move on. I think the contract is set up, too, where, where Tom's a free agent, I think, at the, at the end of this year. I'm he not is, really yeah. big in the contract yeah, aspect is. of it, fellas, but maybe it's already mutually agreed upon. You know, these are conversations that you deny having conversations about. You know, so maybe that's where they're thinking is anyway. People get tired of people that consistently win, especially in the NFL where the turnover is just so great. Um, I may have got it wrong with his nickname, but I don't think I'm wrong about this next topic. Out of Bounds with Dusty Likens and Nick Price, 610 Sports Radio. I like when Tiger's arms get sweaty. That one says when he turns it on. That's what he's doing right now. He's one behind the lead at his own uh, in his own twenty. Uh, he's one behind Justin Thomas. I know nobody cares for golf at all right now because it's uh, December. And uh, yeah, where they play, it just looks great. Um, talking to you, Mike Swanson, must be nice to go out there and play uh, Kapalua in Hawaii. Shoot eighty nine. Must be nice. Good guy, that Mike Swanson. Um, I'll tell you this. I didn't think Baby Badger was a bad nickname until it went to Twitter. But I'll tell you this. A lot of people think the Chiefs' defense is bad. It's been a little bit better. And on Good Morning Football, they had this to say. And what they've done in Kansas City recently is they've kept guys in the same spot as much as possible. Uh, a little continuity. So it be rep after yeah. rep after rep and to get them to learn things. And the other thing is Tyron Matthew has been fantastic in bringing those guys all together. Uh, they gave him a lot of money. Sp- I remember in, in, in training camp talking to Spags like, I love that guy. So he really has done a great job in getting everybody on the same page you, right there. We talked about this a couple weeks ago. The dog is there. Like, it's clearly obvious that the honey badger is the leader and the general of this Chiefs defense. I don't think we need to look anywhere else. I think when it comes to Frank Clark, he is a well-known and a very, very well-liked guy on the defense. I think he's very strong. I think he has very good messages when it comes to post games. I think when he plays bad, he, he talks. When he plays good, he talks. And I think that's something that you like in a leader's quality. Again, Frank Clark can be a leader. Doesn't mean he can't be a dog. I think Frank Clark is a dog on this defense. I just think the continuous um, dog on this defense has been Tyron Matthew. They've played 12 games. He started all 12 games. He's been there. He's made his presence felt. Three interceptions, two sacks. He had a big game last week. He's really doing what he needs to do. And exactly what this team signed him for. When this team picked him up in the offseason, you looked at it immediately as this is the replacement of Eric Berry. Yeah, you look at this team too, and what's the most improved part of this defense? Safety play. Yeah, the passing defense, the secondary. They're much improved from last year. The run defense, kind of stuffing up the line, that's still got some room to work with. But Tyron Matthews definitely made an impact so far. And the other thing too is that it's reps and chemistry that are making this team better. Like, when the team started out, everyone kind of told each other, like, ah, man, you know what? It's going to be brutal. It's going to be this. It's going to be that. It's going to be crazy. It's going to be, you know, up and down. We just, what was it we said, Nick? I think it was like, we just need this defense to be, like, number 18 overall. Yeah, or, like, right around 20. Just You know, just, just don't be in the bottom last. third of the league. Yeah. And like essentially. Jay, and, like, Jay Binkley, who's been following Patrick Mahomes since he took his first steps. Yeah. Um, He's always said, hey, tell you what? Patrick Mahomes never had a good defense. High school, didn't Go have a good defense. Texas Tech, didn't have a good defense. Chiefs, didn't have a good defense. His defense is improving, okay? 
His defense is getting better because of just like how we do things in this industry. The more reps you get, the more time you spend doing something that you think you want to do, you're going to get better. And the more you get together and the more chemistry you build, that's where the Juan Thornhill thing is starting to play. And I'm telling you what, last Sunday was the best I'd seen Juan Thornhill play the entire year. And if it comes in week 11 or week 12 or week 13, I don't care as long as it comes. That can be a drop in some sort of future. But what I'm telling you right now is that Juan Thornhill is doing exactly what we also thought Juan Thornhill was going to do. And when you put this together in the grand scheme of things, when you're building an NFL franchise and you have hit a home run at quarterback, you have hit a home run at wide receiver, and you have a solid plug at tight end who's 30 years old, who's probably got another three years of really, really, really good football. I say that because you think, well, Dusty, tight end's 33 years old. That could be tough. Yeah, see NFL. Once you pass the number of 30, you don't know what can happen. Travis Kelsey just turned 30 this year, takes good care of himself. I don't have any issues there. But when you go get Tyron Matthew for the sole purpose to replace the safety that you didn't have in Eric Berry, who was constantly gone, who was day-to-day, and you put Tyron Matthew in there where some people had their criticism, but most people were like, this is the kind of guy that could fit here. He was welcomed with open arms. He doesn't have a bad track record of not being a bad teammate. He's a great teammate. He's perfect for that locker room. Then you fast forward it. You go look at where you drafted Juan Thornhill, second over second round pick out of Virginia, 63rd overall pick in the NFL draft. You look at Juan Thornhill. You look at his qualities. You look, damn, this guy looks a lot like Tyron Matthew. What if we have this guy play under the wings of Tyron Matthew, learn the game, get the aspects, learn how to scheme, learn when to blitz, learn how to read things. It seems like that's working. So when you move this forward, and if you can get Frank Clark back in this system and playing at a consistent level where he's good and playing and making a force on the pass rush, because, look, Frank Clark's in New England. Frank Clark was just sick with the buck. There's a lot of people sick right now. Nick Price is sick. Le'Veon Bell's sick. The flu is going crazy. So it's not like Frank Clark's out with an injury like it's his neck again. We already know we played the quote last week. You're getting some football from Frank Clark now. He's back. But until he can put a couple of consistent games together, then you can really see what this defense can do. And if Juan Thornhill and Tyron Matthew can continue to blend together and be the quote-unquote Badger brothers that we got from Hangover Aaron, thank you, shout out. If we can do that, or I'm sorry, if they can do that as an organization and they can hit on a, on a signing of a free agency and hit on a draft pick, I mean, especially on a side of the field where you really wanted your team to get better at, you're doing that right and you're doing it at the right time because guess what? January is right around the corner and the one thing that smoked you in the playoffs last year was D Ford's foot and your defense couldn't get off the field. Yeah, and the defense is really coming on in the last two weeks. I mean, you talked about how Binkley says about how Mahomes has never had a defense. He's never had defensive support. You heard that from Shannon Sharp earlier from Undisputed. The last two games the Chiefs have won, Mahomes has completed under 60% of his passes for 182 yards and 175 yards, one touchdown in each game, and an interception in the Chargers game. So it's not like the offense has been going out there and winning these last two games. You're actually seeing this defense step up, and it's a lot because of those two safeties, the Badger brothers back there, making big plays the last two weeks. And if that's something that they can continue in December and in January, watch out because, like we said earlier, the Chiefs only needed to be a little bit better on defense, and it looks like they're getting there, and that's scary for the rest of the NFL.
It is. It should be. Because if this offense can stay on the field and methodically learn how to do that, because like you've noticed that this year, obviously Tyreek Hill hasn't been on the field a whole lot. Sammy Watkins has been nowhere since week one. And you've noticed this team, if they can start to kind of just get like five, seven, four, eight, 12, five, and just really just slowly, just like a boxer, like we keep using this as a metaphor, but like as a boxer, just keep like dabbing at your face and cutting up your eye, then hitting your nose and getting you watered up and getting everything slowly but surely, then you can hit that knockout punch that you know you can do at any point in the game. I mean, then good luck, right? Then good luck with the Chiefs. And speaking of good luck, I mean, could this really be it for Tom? Out of Bounds with Dusty Likens and Nick Price, 610 Sports Radio. Dale, what are you doing? How are you? I'm do- are these Tom Brady's final days with the Patriots? Let me just read a couple of lines that you wrote. The end of Tom Brady's career as a Patriot. They can, will, and should ignore it now. But unless there's a radical course change in the next 90 days, that's what's coming. Is that uh, a strong opinion on your part or an informed statement? I would say it's a combination of both, informed um, just, you know, with the people I've talked to who, who aren't saying he's gone, he's leaving, but a lot of, yeah, this is probably it, enjoy it while it lasts, intimations. And I think that it's a variety of reasons, which I try and lay out in the story. And there's not a, that's the interesting thing to me about this, Dale, is it's 90 days away. It looms. It's clearly looming. We haven't spoken much about it because it is, a little difficult to get your brain around and there's a football season going on but after 19 years and all that's gone on it is the most important story to this franchise probably in its history so it's worth at least broaching it at this juncture to say hey this is coming i mean i see some of the texts from bk show i've seen some of the texts from the night shows People in Kansas City are constantly saying New England does this every year. Patriots media does this every year. I'm going to be that guy. I'm going to tell you this year seems different. Before we think I'm biased, that cut you just heard was from WEEI, which is Basically, New England's main station, they get Tom Brady every week. They get Bill Belichick if they want him. Um, and the introduction of the show is great. Dale, what are you doing? How are you? I'm do- are these Tom Brady? Dale, how you doing? How are you? How are you? How are you, Dusty? I'm doing good. I'm in Boston. Um, and I get it. This is literally at the point of the same situation of the boy who cried wolf. Right? That's exactly what Tom Brady is. That's exactly what this situation is. I don't know how much more I have left in me. They went back last year. They won the Super Bowl. I don't know how much I have in me. They beat Atlanta in the Super Bowl. I don't know how much left I got. Maybe this is it. I'm going to play. I guess Gronk's coming back. I don't know how much of an impact Gronkowski has on Tom Brady's career decision-making, but it's making somewhat of an impact on his career playing-making when it comes to this season. He doesn't have that security blanket In Rob Gronkowski. Look, I know Mahomes missed a couple of games. But I feel that if Mahomes lost Kelsey over Tyreek Hill, it would be much more significant 
than it would be if Mahomes lost Hill instead of Travis Kelsey like we've seen this year. Kelsey's been one of the most consistent performers for the Chiefs offense week in and week out this year. Right. And when it comes to that type of a relationship, multiply that by about 1,500 because that's what it was with Tom and Gronk. Like, it wasn't Shaq and Kobe because Shaq and Kobe hated each other, but Gronk and Tom were just battery mates. It was pitcher-catcher. It was, I know where you're going to be, and if I'm not going to be somewhere, I'm going to, like, figure out where to go in a zone, or I'm going to figure out how to get open. Just trust me. They play off each other well. And you notice this because if you look at Tom Brady in last week's game against um, the, the Houston Texans, he's irate on the sidelines. He's furious. He's less than remarkable. His he's, wide receivers are running the wrong routes. Literally. And again, I've said this many times. I'm not going to tell you what a route is because I don't know how to run a route. I just know how to run a, like a fly route. And it's always fun if I can do it because I'm slow. And I'll just throw my hand up like Moss from 2006 or 7, whatever it was. Chuck it. Just throw it, man. I'll get physical. But, like, the thing about it is Tom doesn't have that in any other receiver. And when you take away his only receiver and make him throw to somebody that he's unfamiliar with, like, I couldn't even tell you who the Patriots tight end is. Ben Watson, I think. Yeah, that's exactly who it is. Who's 50? Who they signed off of the waiver wire, basically, yeah. as a free agent. So, and I truly believe the only reason he's there is because he's played in that system before. He's familiar. And he is most of the time incognito when it comes to their football games. What's interesting about why this could be it for Tom, contract's over. Tom has done everything he's had to do for the New England Patriots his entire career. He's taken pay cuts. He's won multiple championships, six to be in fact. He's been to eight. They've won the AFC East for more years than I can consistently count. He is the glorified greatest quarterback of all time, and he's done it all with New England. And New England gave him a favor, so then he returned it in full times 10, and now maybe we're seeing... Not what happened in Carolina with Ron Rivera and that team because I think that that is just a divorce of two players on a chessboard that are just decided to do different tactics. Whereas I think with Tom Brady and the New England Patriots, I think Tom maybe just is like, maybe I'm not having fun anymore. Well, I think that you bringing up the point of this being the last year of his contract is really big because generally we've seen Tom Brady sign these extensions to move money back so that they can go out and sign some more pieces to make a run. He also, I know he has a clause in his contract that he can't be franchise tagged. So with all this kind of hanging out in the air, it seems like this is at least a point where they're considering that this could be the end of Tom Brady. I know that we say it every year. I know the people on the text line are going to say, hey, we've been here before. It's the boy who cried wolf. But eventually Tom Brady's got to stop playing football. And eventually the Patriots aren't going to be the Patriots that we know them to be right now. And it's just everything is lining up this year in that way. It just seems like if there was ever a year that it was going to happen, it's this year. It seems like if there was ever a time where the evidence was clearly on the table, it's this year. Because this is a year, in fact, where a lot of people were kind of hanging on hope, probably in New England, probably in uh, the radio world, myself included, that Gronkowski was going to be like, you know what, I'm back, baby. Mm -hmm. I'm playing with Tom. We're going to the finals again. We're going to go to the Super Bowl. I'm back. But Tom Brady and, and, and Rob Gronkowski, that ain't happening. Because Rob Gronkowski has found out very quickly how profitable and how marketable he is 
when he doesn't play football. He knew how profitable and how marketable he was when he played football. Hell, he was in the Entourage movie. Yeah. He was going out to clubs, getting paid for that. Now, without having a contract in the NFL, there's so many different doors that are open. Gronkowski is never coming back. Look at Tom. how much fun he's having. Exactly. He's I mean, hosting he, a beach party he's during dancing the Super Bowl. At, yeah, he's dancing at the Lakers games with yes. the cheerleaders. He's on Fox NFL Sunday just having a great time. Yes, and it's like when people were like, well, maybe Tony Dungy would get back into coaching. No. Look at what Tony Dungy does. He works one night a week. He goes and does a couple guest spots on radios and TVs. He works on Sunday night. He gets to stand with his family, and he still makes good money doing it. Rob Gronkowski, we don't live in Massachusetts, but I'm sure he has a ton of work and a ton of sales out there that he just does for endorsements because you live here, right? You live and you drive downtown. You watch commercials here, and Patrick Mahomes is on every single commercial. He's on 16 billboards. He's all over this town. Take that and multiply it, and that's Rob Gronkowski in New England. New England and Tom Brady, this is ever going to be the year where it's done. It's now because he knows that Gronk's gone, right? His, his other compatible teammate is no longer there. Julian Edelman, we don't know how much more he has left, but the elite days of Julian Edelman are done. Also, when you don't have all those other weapons around him, when you don't have Gronk to take some of that, it's a lot easier to focus in on the one guy that Tom Brady appears to trust right now, which is Julian Edelman. And that's where it's at. Because if you want to get into Tom Brady's head, and that's the other thing too, like, we get more frustrated the older we get. Like, I get angrier now in traffic than I did when I was 16. Mm -hmm. Like, 16, I was just happy to be in my car and driving. Nowadays, I'm like, oh, this idiot in the left lane won't get over. He's going 68. Clearly, you need to be going 70. And, like, little things get you more irate and make you more frustrated the older you get. That's just common sense. You're seeing that now in Tom Brady. And when you're older and you get frustrated more, it's not good for you. You don't like the way it feels. Tom Brady's made so much money. And, again, where he can look at Gronkowski, where who's been his best friend and his battery mate in football, and he talks to Rob Gronkowski and says, wait a minute, you're getting what? You're doing what for this? Oh, you can do this? Okay, just like Peyton Manning. Everyone, as soon as Peyton Manning retired and gave it up, everyone's like, oh, he's going to coach somewhere. Peyton's like, no, I'm not. I'm going to keep doing these like little bits, these little segments. I'm going to get paid for endorsements. I'm going to do this over here. I'm going to do that over there. When I'm ready, I'll come back. Tom Brady, it looks like the arm's finally going away. It looks like the numbers are falling off the cliff a little bit more than they usually do. And, oh, by the way, we mentioned it last segment. He got sacked 21 times last year. He's already been sacked 21 times this year. He has basically the same offensive line. He's just not the same Tom Brady. The contract is over. And, oh, by the way, Gronkowski's gone and probably never coming back. You have Julian Edelman, James White, and Sony Michelle. That's your offense. I get it. Back in the day, you can say the narrative was, well, Tom never had great receivers, and he was still successful. Tom Brady was also 20 years younger. It is what it is. That's what this is. That's what this industry is. That's what this business is. And Tom Brady's done it longer and more competitively and better than anybody else has ever done. So at the end of the day, he can hang his hat up and look great doing it. When we look at the season as a whole, the Patriots really haven't gone out there and played really well against the good teams on their schedule outside of maybe beating the Steelers 33-3 in week one when they still had Big Ben. All of these other games against good teams have been battles, and they've been low scoring for the most part on the Patriots end. So you're kind of seeing the production drop off. And if the production's not there and Gronk's not there and there's not this bright future ahead for the next few years where he has people that he can rely on outside of Bill Belichick, I just – this is – the stars are kind of aligning here for this to be the end of Tom Brady. I'm not going to say that it is the end because we've been here before. Right. But this seems like the scenario where it's going to happen. 
And not only that, we've talked about this plenty of times, that the NFL stays fresh because it just continuously rotates new content consistently. And with Lamar Jackson, Deshaun Watson, and Patrick Mahomes clearly being the new favorites and the new faces of the NFL moving forward. Oh, by the way, they all play in the AFC. Two of the three have beaten Tom Brady. If a third one can do it, maybe Brady's done. I really can't see Tom Brady, like, playing anywhere else. No way. Brinkley thinks different, but could Tom really, really any chance? Why would he want to? I don't know. At this point. Like, what more do you have to accomplish? It's tough to hang him up when you've done it for so long. I guess. Um, This has to be the best time of the year for the college football world. Out of Bounds with Dusty Likens and Nick Price. 610 Sports Radio. I've really got to get myself a baby Yoda. I don't know if you've been watching The Mandalorian. My God. I'm not all the way caught up. I did see the first episode. Yeah. And, I mean, it's the cutest thing in the world. Which is crazy because I don't want to talk about cuteness on the radio. But I think everybody would. I think the group consensus is that, like, baby Yoda is, I mean, my God. Um... The guys from Arrowhead Pride, they'll be on tomorrow at 125. Nick Price will be here with them. Kent Swanson, Pete Sweeney all the way up to kickoff. And then after the game, it's Jay Binkley with uh, Pete Sweeney as well. And Nick Price, as they will all be there uh, taking your phone calls immediately following the Chiefs win over the Patriots. That's right. Um, If you like football and you like guys that played football, it's the players-only show on Thursday starting at 6 p.m. Joe Mays, Danon Hughes, great stuff. They tell you how it is. They give you the they give you the logistics the way it should be. Uh, no radio hosts, no writers, no bloggers, just straight Joe Mays and Dane and Hughes. And then uh, if you want some more content that's not on your daily routine, get to the 435 Podcast Network. That's where you can find uh, the True Sun Podcast. That's one you want to keep your ears on. Brandon Kylie does a lot of uh, research with that, with the current situation that Mizzou is in, with a no uh, with an open vacancy at head coach at football. It would finally appear. That KU currently is in a better direction moving forward than the Missouri Tigers. That's Amazing. not a shot of the Tigers. That's just the way it is sometimes. Um, and then also, in case you haven't listened or haven't seen on social media, a uh, big announcement this week, according to Intercom, as uh, Intercom and the Kansas City Chiefs announce a multi-year broadcast agreement, 106.5 The Wolf to become the new flagship station for the Kansas City Chiefs. And what that means for us at 610 Sports Radio is that is a part of the agreement that 610 Sports Radio will become the official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs with exclusive rights to Chiefs programming, including live radio broadcast rights, the Chiefs weekly in-season press conference with clubs, head coach, and weekly one-on-one interview with the starting quarterback. Wonder who that is. Um, In addition, 610 Sports Radio will broadcast the Chiefs Kingdom radio show on Monday nights from 6 to 7 p.m., which is hosted by Chiefs play-by-play announcer Mitch Holtis and includes call-ins from the head coach and live on-site guest interviews and key players. And throughout the season, Chiefs players will be featured on regularly scheduled 610 Sports Radio programming. 610 Sports Radio will also deliver live reports from the exclusive tent and broadcast live post-practice interviews at Chiefs training camp. Things are moving up um, on this side of the city. For you folks out there that really love Chiefs content, we can't give it to you more. Um, and we can't appreciate you more for listening. Something that you can also appreciate this weekend is the fact that it is championship football Saturday Mm -hmm. in the college football world. I have no idea, I kind of do, why in the hell they had a championship game on Friday night at 7 o'clock. I guess it was for the Pac-12. They don't want people to watch the Pac-12. Because they're just like the Pac-10. They just hate the Pac-12 now. Yeah. 
Um, I guess that's what happens when USC is no longer relevant. And they're always on Arizona. late at night, and then when they're yeah. not on late at night, they put them on a Friday so that nobody knows that the game's going on until they see the score pop up on their phone. Which is crazy because that game was Utah and Oregon Ducks, right? Yeah, a huge game for college football playoff implications. Which is crazy because I think it's Justin. Yeah, Justin Herbert was the quarterback going into this year that everybody was like, I can't believe he stayed a year. Yeah, he's, st- he's very high on all the draft boards. A lot of people have him going at least in the top 10, maybe in the top five. Yeah, and you think about that as we're kind of trying to go through this in uh, in chronological order. Um, that game sucked last night. Yeah, I turned uh, it off. Yeah, I, I mean. turned it off. I didn't even care about it after Justin Herbert kind of maybe like helped himself out moving forward because yeah. it's like Jay Binkley said, he gave himself like the Josh Allen effect where Josh Allen was at Washington, and then all of a sudden it was like, is he doing good this year? Like, are there some things that we need to be concerned about? And you're kind of seeing that with Justin Herbert, because before the year it was like, okay, uh, Tua's probably going to leave, and this Herbert kid's going to be really, really good, so let's keep our eyes on that. Moving on to the next day, we're finally at Saturday, College Football Championship Saturday. Oklahoma-Baylor kicked things off. Oklahoma started out with a 10-0 run. In the first quarter, they got blanked in the second quarter, and at halftime, Baylor's up 13-0. to zero. Yeah, this is huge because the the win last night for Oregon over Utah basically opened the door to where as long as Oklahoma takes care of business and beats Baylor today, and then you've got the LSU-Georgia matchup, which we're going to talk about a little bit coming up later today, one of those teams has got to lose. You would think that if LSU wins and Oklahoma wins, that Oklahoma would then be that four seed in the yeah. college football playoff. So. Not a great second quarter for the Sooners, obviously. We'll see how they come out in the second half. And speaking of that game Friday night, because Oregon won and because Utah lost, it kind of makes this a little bit more less appealing because now I truly believe that Ohio State, LSU, and Clemson are all locks. Yeah. I don't think anybody else moves forward. I don't think if Baylor blows the bricks off of Oklahoma that Baylor's in. And Baylor's currently ranked seventh. I don't think Wisconsin would get in if they beat Ohio State. Um, I think that if Oklahoma wins today and beats Baylor, they're in. If Baylor beats Oklahoma and Georgia loses, Baylor's in. It's that simple, right? Nobody else is getting in any other way. Georgia has to beat LSU, and if Georgia beats LSU, nobody goes anywhere, right? Maybe Georgia goes to three, Clemson goes to four, LSU stays at two, or maybe you move Clemson up to two. But Clemson and Georgia will play today in the SEC championship. Two versus four, that game at three o'clock. That's the game to watch today, I think. I think this Baylor-Oklahoma game is a great game to start things off because what's even more crazy about it is, like, the over-unders in all this game. It's just kind of crazy how that is. And every game is basically, like, in the 40s, or, I mean, in the 50s. This Oklahoma game... I believe, is it like 67 and 67. a half? 67, it's Big 12. Yeah, which is what you need to have, you know, right? That's where you want. Right. Um, and that's why this action is so good. Baylor, Oklahoma, over under 67. Hawaii, Boise State, over under 65. Wisconsin, Ohio State, 58. That could be because Ohio State could win 42 to 7. Like, I would take the under on that and go 49. Wisconsin, just, you know, not an explosive offense at all. And I know that Justin Fields is kind of banged up right now. He's not really yeah. running around. So you'd like to think that that's going to be a little bit slower paced game. But in general, yeah, Ohio State, basically, you're looking at a pretty big blowout there. 
is what they're thinking. Yeah, I mean, that's just the way I look at it when it comes to Ohio State. I believe, I believe that Ohio State is not only one of the best teams that we've seen in quite a while, but maybe one of the best Ohio State teams that's played in the last 20 years. This Ohio State team is loaded, and they've had loaded teams before. Like, you think about where guys came from. Michael Thomas was at Ohio State. Ezekiel Elliott was at Ohio State. Uh, just tons of raw talent that's come out of Ohio State. This Ohio State team this year is literally the number one. All we need to do is somehow get Ohio State versus LSU, and then the stories go wild because then Jake Burrow goes back against his team that he left because he wanted to be a quarterback that could start, but they passed on him, and now he's at LSU. Jake Burrow's the Heisman Trophy winner. Ohio State has a team without Urban Meyer. They have the best defensive player in the country who could possibly go number one overall. You could possibly have a battle of the first overall pick between Burrow and that young cat out of, out of Ohio State. Who I'm blanking on his name right now. He's number two, rolls the T-shirt up, has his abs. It always shows it's a very sexy look. I dig it if I could do it. If I did it, I'd look like Warren Sapp, just with the lower, slower 40 time. But college football championship weekend is great. And that's why this interesting weekend and why college football finally is there. I could care less about college football except for the last two weeks of the regular season. The rivalry week followed by championship week, and then you just sit back and wait four weeks until the championship uh, tournament happens. But thankfully, they've done this playoff system because it works. It just is unfortunate that last night Utah lost, so it's kind of like it's kind of lost a little bit of its glamorous appeal for this year because you'd think the three teams are a for sure lock. Yeah, and right now you've got, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven teams that are within the top ten of the rankings that all have one loss or fewer. And that's Ohio State, actually six teams now because Chase Utah Young lost kid's name. last night. Oh, sorry. But, um, but Ohio State, LSU, Clemson, like we said, looking at all locks there, especially if they all win. And then Georgia, kind of the odd man out here, Utah, really could come down to this Baylor versus Oklahoma. I don't think that anyone thought even through most of the season that Baylor would have a chance of getting in. I don't know necessarily if they do, but if they can beat Oklahoma today, it's going to be a controversial pick for that fourth spot. Yeah, which makes it interesting. Now, from the text line, if Clemson loses, they're out. Are they? I don't think so because – their schedule has not been the toughest schedule, they ha and that's just because of the conference that they play in. Yeah. But they've been going out there, and ever since Trevor Lawrence really clicked after that first month of the season or so, they've just been killing teams. And I just don't think Clemson loses. No. I can't see Clemson losing because no. the ACC is just absolutely just garbage. And you, you can't look at Clemson and say that they're not one of the best four teams in the country, regardless. Yeah. Totally agree with that. Um, Chase Young, stud, could go number one overall. Jake Burrow could go number one overall. Just give me LSU, Ohio State. That's really all I want. Um, fun show so far. One hour in the books. Moving forward, um, let's remember who the Chiefs have at tight end. Out of Bounds with Dusty Likens and Nick Price. 610 Sports Radio. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.